0: Hey everybody, welcome to the World Harvest Church Podcast. We pray that this message blesses you, inspires you, and more than anything, helps you grow in your relationship with Jesus. For more information and resources, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. You know that God is good, not because of your circumstances, but God is good because he's good. Amen? Sometimes when you're going through something, we need to sing of his goodness. There's situations that come up in life that we can't, we can't help. You know, so there's things in life sometimes that happen to us that we can't, you know, you, you, you can't avoid. But what we are responsible for is singing his goodness in those circumstances. That was better than your response. (laughs) Our responsibility, yes, we have a responsibility. I think where the church has gone in the ditch is that we've said that we don't have to do anything because Jesus already did it all. He did it all for your salvation. But we need to sing of his goodness. We need to be thankful in all things. We need to pray without ceasing. We need to surrender all that we are. When we were singing that song here at your feet I don't know, you guys remember that song we sang here at your feet, I give you everything. Yeah. All of me. How many like that song? Yeah. Yeah. Amy wrote that song just in case you were wondering. Wow. Yeah, I know, pretty cool, huh? We've got amazing talent on our worship team, and they're going to start writing more songs, right? Where are you guys? They're all disappeared on me. They're like, Pastor Shar is preaching, I'm leaving." Yeah, Sam, where is Sam? Sam, I am. Yeah. You guys are going to write songs, even the drummers. Right, Mo? Mo's like, sure. (sighs) Our responsibility is to surrender all. I also hear this, that, you know, God doesn't, you know, God doesn't need all of us. God doesn't need us. You know, God wants and requires all of us. He wants every single ounce of us. I believe where we become frustrated is because we're hanging on to things in the world. We're living up here as part of the world and the culture of the world, and we're trying to be a part of the kingdom of God, and we're trying to be a part of the kingdom, the world, and we're trying to be a part of the kingdom of God, and it's absolutely impossible. That is That equals insanity. He wants all of, when we surrender every single ounce of who we are, he will, give a, he will give us every single ounce of who he is. He does. I heard this word the other morning. I was praying and, and I, heard, I heard this word and I'm just gonna share it. You guys can, I don't even know what it means yet, but I felt like the Lord is saying that I'm reviving truth mercy, and justice. I'm bringing my church back to the cross so that they can live in my resurrected power. To live above the world's standard, this this revival of truth, mercy, and justice will transform my church to the degree that the world will come and seek you out because the world is looking for a church that is different and transformed. I was thinking about that. I still don't even really know what it means, but I know this thing of truth. And this is something that I've been praying over myself. Because one of the things for me is I really just wanna know truth. You ever been there where you just wanna know truth? You ever like in relationship with somebody and you just are like, you just gotta be married, you know, and, and you know, that takes care of all of it. But it's like, there's this thing of truth, like you just wanna know the truth, right? Maybe you don't, maybe you're okay with just half truth. I'm not. I want to know the truth. When I read the word, I want to know what the truth says. There's a lot of teaching out there that is partial truth, but not the truth. I don't want partial truth. I don't want to go in the ditch over here. I don't want to go in the ditch over here. I want to be on the middle of the road, and I want to know what the word says and what Jesus says, and I just want to do what he says. I don't want to get all mixed up and stuff. I just want to know what he says, and I want to do it. So there's this thing of truth, and I was thinking of this truth, a revival of truth, and I've been praying for the spirit of truth. It's like God, I just want to know truth. I just want to know your truth. I want to know what, what the truth says. I want to, I want to know. And the Bible says that the truth, in in John eight thirty four, I think it is. It says the truth will set you what free. So the truth is the only thing that'll set people free, right? But the problem is, is that, oh, you guys have grace for me this morning. Just have grace for me this morning. The truth is going to set us free, right? The church, uh, some. let's pray. Lord, <laughs> I just ask you, God, that you would just give me your words, that I can speak your heart, that I can speak what is on your heart. Let me communicate it, God, well, to be understood and to be received for transformation in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this thing of truth, part of remember we've been talking about not being conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of your mind. And I was thinking of this word, and it says that that the revival of truth and mercy and justice will transform my church. And you know I have a chihuahua. How many know I have a chihuahua? Lance, do not speak to me. I'm going to look over here. I have a chihuahua. His name is Simba, and he's really cute and I love him. And he is a really cute dog, and he is a dog. But anyways, he was by the, he was by the patio door, and he was going nuts. He wanted to go outside, and he's going to go outside. And so I, I thought, man, he's really got to go. So I go over the door, and I was going to go open up the door, and there's this beautiful butterfly out the door, and it's fly, you know, sitting there, and it's kind of flapping its swings and flying around. And Simba was like nuts over this thing, and he wanted to get out there And I thought, that's exactly what the world looks at. When they see the church transformed, they're gonna be knocking at your door wanting what we have because they want to be transformed just like we are, amen? But the thing is is that nobody's really attracted to a caterpillar, I'm not anyways. When that caterpillar's transformed, see that butterfly that was on my patio, beautiful monarch, just, just beautiful, That was a caterpillar before it was a butterfly. When that caterpillar became transformed, it became a butterfly. The world needs us to be transformed into this butterfly so that we look like Jesus, so that they can see that they're lost. Amen? There's this thing of truth. The thing that I was meditating on on truth is this. How many are married? Okay, you ever have a disagreement? Oh, okay. Will you guys do counseling with us then? Okay, so he, 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 here's just an example. Okay, and I know, whatever. So like, my husband can tell me a truth. Like, he can say, Shar, you know, you, I, you really were disrespectful to me, and I need you, you know, he can share that with me, and I have been. I'm, I'm honest, I'm not perfect, I'm close. <laughs> no, I'm not even close. But he can say something like that to me, like, you know, Shari, you know, that really hurt my feelings, or you really disrespect me when you said that. And immediately, what happens? For me, maybe because I'm still stubborn. But immediately, I'm offended. Does that happen to anybody? Do you immediately, if something is discussed, you kind of immediately get offended. That's maybe that's just me. So I get offended. and I'm like, well, you just got to get over it. And you just got to. That was the old char. I don't do that anymore. That was the old char. My point is this, is that truth sets us free. But before truth sets us free, often truth offends us. Truth offends before it brings freedom. And it can only, listen, truth can only bring freedom if I'm willing to take the offense and do something with it. Often truth will offend my mind to reveal what's in my heart because God is after your heart. He's so good that he's going to speak truth to us that will reveal, that will cause offense, that will reveal what's in my heart so he can have me take care of that issue in my heart and it doesn't feel good all the time. But we're talking about surrender. When I surrender all that I am to him, when I surrender those things, listen, he can't give me all what he has for me until I'm willing to surrender all that I wanna be. Because what he has for you is way better than you can ever think or imagine. But we live in this thing of frustration because we'd rather live offended than actually hear the truth so that we can be set free. How many know shift is happening? Shift is happening. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, it says this, if my people. It doesn't say if the world. It doesn't say, if the sinners, it says, if my people, who's my people? Us. Us. This is God speaking. If my people, point to yourself, if you're his people. If you, say, if me. If me. If me. it's not proper, but we'll go with it. <laughs> if my people, if me, who is called by my name, will, number one, what? Humble, Humble myself. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. See, we, we might do well on the humble ourselves, and we might do okay on the praying and seeking my face, but will turn from their wicked ways. He's talking about the church will turn from their wicked ways. This thing of truth is, I believe, is coming to the church, and it's not half-truths, and it's not partial truths. It's the truth. And when we stand up for the truth and we speak the truth, then the truth will actually bring freedom to people. I believe there's people in the church that are in bondage because truth not, have not, has not been spoken. Because we're afraid to speak the truth because we're afraid to offend. The problem is truth offends people. I've been offended with truth. You usually have to be in a relationship, and when somebody tells you the truth, it's not because, and it always should be from the place of love. Pastor Abby talked last night about Jesus did everything because he loved. Did Jesus offend anybody? Jesus is very light. You know, the cross is offensive to people. His death is offensive. His resurrection is offensive. But the truth is what's going to set us free. And I'm really excited about that. You guys doing okay? Here's a really good prayer. That would be, I would encourage you all to pray. You guys want to hear it? Since in Psalm 139, 23 through 24. It says this, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you. We're talking to God here. Lord, point out anything in me that is offensive to you. See, there's this grace thing, and I am, listen to me, God loves you. He died for you. And he's proud of you. And there's not another thing that you need to do that will make him love you any, anymore. Not one thing. But if David is saying this, search me and point out anything that offends you, then that tells me there's things in us that offends God. If we take the position of saying, God, I don't want anything in me that offends you, I don't want any behavior, say behavior. I don't want any behavior to be offensive to you. Who should we please? God. Is everything that we do always pleasing to him? No. But you are pleasing to him because he loves you. How many have kids in here? We have kids? Yeah, we have kids. You ever have a kid that does something and you want to wring their neck? Does that mean you don't love them? No. That means what they're doing is driving you crazy and you wish they'd stop. Right? Not my kids, my kids were perfect. Right, Bobby? Yeah, he's, Bobby was perfect. Brandon, on the other hand, no, I'm kidding. Brandon's not here. Pastor Bob and Brandon and Jake and Mike left this morning at 5 a.m. and are driving to Texas. I said, you guys won't get there till like two in the morning. They're driving straight through, they're going to an IMA conference in Seguin, Texas. And then from there, they're going to go to Dallas, Texas, and go to CFAN, Christ for the Nations. They have a a healing conference. You know, Pastor Bob hates those kind of things. (laughs) (laughs) He found out about that. He's like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was like, you know, he's not a, hope he's not watching. You guys should pause this. I'm going to talk about him. He's not an early person, you know. He doesn't, he doesn't get up early. He's just whatever. But this morning, he was like up, and he was like, he still wasn't talking, because it takes him a minute to wake up. But he was, like, up, and he was, like, ready to go. It's like he was in the driver's seat. He was driving. He was, like, so excited to to go and do this conference. And then they're going to do that. And he's got a friend from Bible College that's from Dallas, and so they're going to see him and then another friend. And so they're going to try to fit all of that in and be back by next Saturday night because next Sunday night we have our first um, celebration in Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls area. So... I said, honey, you can be gone as long as you want to, but you got to be home Saturday night for Sunday. So anyways, so I don't even know what my point was. What was I talking about? Um, Behavior. Yeah, because Pastor Bob's behavior maybe? I don't know. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I want to ring your children's necks. That's right. Probably can't say that anymore because, you know, whatever. But anyways, the prayer is this, is point out anything in me that offends you. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. Our job as believers, when we become born again and we give our hearts to Jesus, he really does want all of your heart. He doesn't just want a portion of it. He really wants all of you. When you give him all of you, when you surrender all, when you give him all, then he takes that. This morning I was sitting in, I was I don't know, Saturday nights have been this thing where you don't sleep. Anybody else don't sleep on Saturday nights? I don't sleep on Saturday nights. I was up till like 2, went to sleep. The alarm went off at 4. I was like, hey, let's start the day. Whatever. But anyway, so after Pastor Bob left, I was sitting on the couch, and I was just praying and just kind of listening to some music. And and the, I felt like the Lord was, was talking about um, my heart. So I kind of put my hand on my heart, and I was just praying, and then I started crying, and I realized something. I realized that I allowed a situation in my life to callous my heart. Anybody ever do that? Pastor Jake talked about that a while ago. And I was thinking about that, and I thought, how many of us go through situations, hardships, situations in relationships, um, life, whatever, and we don't guard our heart to the the degree that we should and without even knowing, it's not like it just like, like you go, oh my gosh, my heart's hard. My heart, heart is hard or calloused. It's not even that it was hard, but it was like calloused. It was like the minute I put my hand on my heart and I was just meditating on that and I just like, I just started weeping and I felt like the Lord was just taking the calloused and, and giving me a new heart to feel again. And all I could do was cry. And I hadn't done that for a long time. And I realized that the situation that I allowed to affect me, and I believe that word is for a lot of people here and probably watching online, that there's been things that you've been going through in your life and they haven't been easy. Maybe it's been jobs, maybe it's been family, maybe it's been relationships, maybe it's been, I don't know. But it's been hard and you haven't realized Why haven't you been able to maybe sense the presence of God or why maybe this thing of of, um, apathetic, is that the right word? Apathy or indifferent, you know, you just kind of like going through the motions. But then he gave me this, this verse in Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27. He says, and I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you and I will take out your stony, stubborn heart and I will give you a tender, responsive heart. And I believe that's what he did for me. And realizing that I was holding on to some things and thinking that we, I forgave and thinking that I dealt with things. And not that it wasn't even really dealing with things, but I just allowed the emotion of it to just bring some callousness to my heart. So I want to encourage any of you listening today that he wants to give you a heart that is responsive and feels. And he wants to rip off that callous so that you can feel again, so that you can enjoy him again, so that you can cry again, so that you can feel. Anybody? In here, I was thinking. I'm just kind of just shooting some stuff that I was thinking about this morning. Is that okay? I'm just taking you into my quiet time this morning. That's kind of how I roll. So, so this morning I was thinking also about um, this thing of Ezekiel in, in uh, No First Kings 18. There's a story in there about Elijah. I encourage you to read that whole chapter. It's really good. But in I think it starts in verse 46 somewhere in there. Elijah says this. Can I read it to you? They're in a drought. And then Elijah says to Ahab, he says, Go get something to eat and drink, for I hear a mighty rainstorm. They had not had rain in three years. Elijah hears, he says, I hear a mighty rainstorm. Did that, means he, did that mean he actually heard it? I think in the spirit he did. I think he was prophesying it out loud, but there was nothing. It says in seven times, Elijah, here here on verse 42, it says, so Ahab went and ate and drank, but Elijah, say, "But but Elijah, climbed to the top of the mountain and bowed low to the ground. I think we need to spend time bowed low to the ground. There's something that humility is going to do in you. Amen? And then he sent his servant to go and look, and his servant comes back and he says, I don't see anything. He did this seven times. Say seven times. And then it was, and suddenly. It says that the servant comes back and he says, Elijah, I see a cloud the size of a man's hand. And Elijah said, there it is, boys. The rain is coming. And I was thinking about how many were here pre-COVID um, in 2020. When on Saturday nights we didn't even have that many people then, because we had just really kind of started Saturday nights, and we didn't have a lot of people. I don't know, maybe 30 people would come. But how the presence of God was so filled the room that nobody wanted to leave. Like literally, we were here till 11 o'clock at night. No worship team. We just had in, we just had music on. People were laid out on the, their face. Some were laughing. Some were crying. Some were just spread out. You guys remember those days? When I was thinking about that, reading this, the Lord brought that back to me. And he said, that was the, the small cloud. Yes, he said, that was the small cloud. And he's about to send the rain. Yes. Amen? Yes. Could you not feel it a little bit this morning yes. that he's about to really do something? Yes. But he needs us postured on our face. He needs us postured on our knees. Amen? With the heart that is ready to be surrendered. I'm really excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really ready for that. All right. You guys good? The time is 1130. 30. Okay. You guys wondering what I'm going to say next? Me too. God is good, amen, and he's faithful. I believe he really is working on the church to come into alignment with his truth, amen. And it's not that that he's mad at the church or he's mad at us, it's not it at all. It's the things that we've been praying for that he's saying, if you want those things, if my people, then I will heal your land. If my people... Then I will heal your land. And I believe that we have been. I believe that all of the stuff that has been going on in our nation has really stirred up the church and has really awoken us. That is the real woke that has really awoken us to this to this place of saying, What have we been doing? Amen. And we've realized that we've become very passive in a lot of areas, truth being one of them. Where we are really afraid to speak truth because we don't want to offend which has caused us to be a lot like the world and very familiar with the world and there's this story in Daniel chapter 1 where Daniel and his friends Shadrach Meshach and Abednego you guys remember that story in Daniel 1 you guys can read it but in verse 8 I believe it says this it says they the I'm gonna give you a little background these, these guys, Daniel and his buddies, were in their hometown. And the king wanted all of the handsome, good-looking, smart guys. So they went and grabbed these four guys. I don't know if they grabbed more or not. They brought them into Babylon to serve the king. Okay? So now these guys go from here and they're put in Babylon in a really nasty, wicked culture. Anybody can relate? puts them in this culture, and then the king wants to prep them so that they can serve on the royal court. So then that's where we're at now, okay? So in verse 8 of Daniel chapter 1, it says this, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself. Daniel and his buddies were determined that they would not be defiled by the culture that they were in. They made a determination that we might be in a culture that is wicked and nasty and whatever was going on there. But we are making a determination that we will not be defiled. That we will not be a part of the culture. We are in it, but we are not of it. They made that decision before they even were there. So then the king prepares this food and wanted Daniel and his buddies to eat it. And all of the king's, the king's men. It's like Humpty Dumpty. The king wanted them to eat the food and drink the wine. But they made a determination. We're not going to eat the food. So they talked to the chief guy. And they said, hey, can you do us a favor? Can you feed us whatever Daniel wanted to eat? Like water and vegetables. <clears throat> Silly man. <laughs> Just water and vegetables. Kind of like the whatever. Anyways. So the the chief guy says, holy cow, are you kidding me? The king is going to kill me if he finds out that you're not going to be strong enough to be able to serve, basically. But the guy liked Daniel, so he said, okay. So Daniel and his buddies don't eat the king's food. Listen, they do not take part of the culture and the king looks at them, and they're 10 times stronger and healthier than the ones that were part of the culture. Do you guys get that? When we partake of the culture of the kingdom of heaven and not the world, we are stronger and healthier, listen, than the world. Do you know that the king, listen, they were always looking at Daniel and his friends. It was always about Daniel and his friends. And it says this. It says that in their captivity, they rose to high positions. I hope you, I don't know if I'm, please, am I communicating any of this? Okay, good, 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 good. I sometimes am not a good communicator. I'm working on that. But these guys, they, didn't, they determined, say determined. We have to make a Determination that we are not going to allow the culture of, that we're in to us. Yeah. We have to make a decision. We have to make a stand for the word of God and what the word of God says. Yes. And this is what happened. Fast forward to Daniel chapter 3. Nebuchadnezzar, good old Nebs, he makes this great big huge golden statue of himself or calf, or whatever it was. I don't know. Calf probably looked like him. I don't know. (laughs) There's so many idols in the Bible. You know, they made a calf. They made a person. They made a tadpole. I don't know what they did. But he makes this golden statue, and he proclaims it to the nation that when the music plays, every single person has to bow down to this idol, and if they don't, (laughs) off with their heads, actually in a fire furnace, and they're going to throw them and burn them. You no, know, that was a real thing. You guys remember that story? It's in Daniel chapter three. Read it. It's really a good story. But because these guys had made a determination that regardless of what happens, they're not going to allow the culture to defile their hearts. They wouldn't do it. So this is what they do. This is such a good story. You guys ever read that story? So so Nebuchadnezzar comes up to them and he says, hey, is this true? Now remember, these guys are elevated. They're in a high position on the king's court. So the king is probably a little bit embarrassed that they're not bowing down. He grabs them. Is this true? And this is what they say. He says, I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue But if you refuse, you will be thrown immediately into this blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue you from my power? These guys look at Nebuchadnezzar and they say, we do not need to defend ourselves before you. We do not need, I don't need to give you an explanation of why I'm not going to because of who's in me. If we are thrown into this blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is more than able to save us. Because they made a determination that they would not allow the culture to defile them, they decided that they would believe and trust God, say trust God, regardless of anything that came to them. Regardless of what was coming at them, they made the determination that God we trust you no matter what. And this proves it. They said, the God that we serve, the God that I serve, is more than able to rescue me from this. How many people in here today have been faced with a fiery furnace? Hard things in your life. Make a determination in your heart that you will not allow the voices that tell you opposite of what the word of God says about your situation. You will not allow that to defile your heart like I did. And it caused me to be callous. If, 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 if we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is more than able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. I love that. Even in all of that, they're still honoring the king, your majesty. They don't like, hey, dude. But even if, listen, even if, say, even if, even if if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, Your Majesty, that we will never, say never, never serve your gods. Even if he doesn't rescue us. They had a complete belief and trust in God that he could do it. He was capable and able, and they believed with everything in them that God would rescue them from this fire. But they were so determined, they said, but even if he doesn't, we wanna make something very clear to you. We will not bow. I wish I was that strong. God, take this, do this, help. And we don't see it. And then we bow to the God of anger. We bow to the God of doubt. Hurt, disappointment. Anybody in here, am I the only one? I want that determination like they had, that even if he doesn't, even if he doesn't, we are not going to give in, we are not going to bow down, because he is God, and we serve God alone. Amen? Let, I love that. Let, me, let us make this very clear to you, that we are not going to bow down. It's so good. Even if he doesn't. So the king got so furious that he throws them into, it's so funny because it says, Nebuchadnezzar was so furious with them that his face became distorted with rage. I can imagine this, you know, because he was so angry. You know, there's an enemy that is after you. He's after your soul and he's relentless. But there is a God who's more relentless. So relentless that he says, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and put my spirit all up in you. And the spirit that's all up in you is greater than the one that's all up in the world. Right? I just so love that. God's so good. And he commanded that the furnace be heated up seven times hotter than usual. Do you ever feel like things just get hotter and hotter and you're like, Lord, when, are you, when, is, when is something going to change? Yeah. You know that even though your circumstances don't change, by you changing your attitude in your situation, you won't even recognize the hotness of your situation? You think? I think. Somebody's phone's going off. Say Hello. So they tied him up and they threw him into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants and turbans and robes and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot furnace, the flames killed the soldiers that had threw the three men in. It's pretty hot. But suddenly, say, but suddenly. There's some but suddenlys coming. They are. There's some but suddenlys coming. But I think we're going to miss some of those but suddenlies if we're not paying attention and if we don't allow our hearts to be defiled by the culture. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumps up in amazement. Didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Nebuchadnezzar shouts, Look, I see four men. Not only just four men, but remember, they had bound them. They tied their, and they threw them in. Not only did he see four men, they were all free. They didn't, oh. (laughs) I'm just going to meditate here for a minute. Listen. He didn't rescue them from, come on, I'm about ready to preach now and it's already time for me to quit. He didn't, he didn't free him from the fiery furnace, he freed them in the furnace. He didn't just free them from, see, it wouldn't be a miracle if he took it away, but it's a miracle when he gets in the furnace with you and he sets you free. And then they come out and the guys are like, you don't even smell like smoke. And Nebuchadnezzar says this, let us worship their gods. Come on. See, the world needs us to not become defiled by the world so we can be the kingdom of God and look like the butterfly transformed so they can go, we wanna serve your God. How can they serve our God if we're serving their gods? He may not take your furnace away, but listen, he'll be in there with you and you'll be free in it. Paul and Silas were in jail. They're in the dungeon, tied up, and it's not like it is here in Barron County. They, 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 there was a really nasty dungeon, like cold and wet, and they're tied up. And it says this, at midnight, which is the darkest time of the night, Paul and Silas are mad at God and saying, how come you didn't get us out of here? How come you tied us up like this? How come you didn't come through for me? God, I prayed to you and you never came through. Anybody ever pray that? Thank you, Lord, for forgiveness. And grace, hallelujah. They're tied up and they're complaining and murmuring at midnight, no, it says at midnight, their darkest time of night, tied up in a dungeon, they start singing praises to God. And they sang it so loud that all of the jailers heard it, and not only that, but a God in heaven heard it, and it says that an earthquake came, and all, say all, all of their shackles fell, not just theirs, but the jailers too. See, he doesn't just do it for you, he does it for you, for them, for his glory, Because we are gonna see a transformation, and transformation comes here first, and then the world. And then we're gonna see a revival that'll take place that we've never seen before. But it's when we make a determination that we are not gonna be defiled by the culture of this world. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Which means we gotta change the way that we think. Paul knew it, and he had it. He said, you know, how many times was Paul in prison? Seems like he was always in prison. He was always in prison, tied up in a shipwreck, getting bit by a snake. I mean, everybody's like, Paul so Paul was great. Yeah, man, th- this guy was like, every time he turned around, he had something going on. But he did, oh. he wrote the book of Philippians, it was his, which is the book of joy, in prison, Talk about make a determination. I'm not going to allow my circumstances in the culture to defile me. But I'm going to make a determination that my God is able. He is, listen, he is not just able. He is more than able to deliver me. But if he don't, I'm still not going to bow down. That is what the church is coming into. It is. It is you know why? Because he's worthy. And the church is coming into a place where we're going to do what he says. This realignment, this shifting that's happening. Amen. I'm going to have Amy go to the piano. This means I am done. Almost done. Yeah, I can be done. (sighs) Daniel and his buddies Make a determination. I am repeating myself because I know that we have to repeat is good for me. I should name my kids Pete and Repeat. Then I wouldn't forget their names. I call them Bobby and Brandon, and they're like, who? I'm like, I don't know. Simba? Rico? I don't know. They made a determination. See, we have, the church needs a backbone. I need a backbone. I want to speak truth. I want to know truth all through the filter of love, because the Bible says that if you don't have love, you're like a clonging symbol and all you are is annoying. You ever meet any of those people? (laughs) I have. They were on our street corner here last summer with a (laughs) megaphone all in the name of Jesus, saying, you guys are all going to hell because you wear skinny pants. We're like, okay. God loves you, but you're going to hell. Change the way that you look. It's like, okay, dude, whatever. I love what Pastor Bob said. He said, don't be weird. (laughs) Terry, sorry. I know. (laughs) Listen. Jesus was our example. Everything that Jesus did was through love. Even when, like Pastor Abby said, even when he brought rebuke, even when he brought correction, it was all in love. So there's this thing that the church needs to come back to. And I believe that coming back to the cross will help me, for me, realize and remember the price that he paid. Because you can't have the resurrection power without having the cross. It's like he died on that cross. He was beat beyond recognition on that cross for me and for you. So that when we surrender all to him, he gives us everything in return. But we want to see those things first. It says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We skip the righteousness part which the righteousness is, God's way of doing things, his rightness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his rightness, what he calls right, and then all of these things will be added. I think sometimes where we get frustrated is we're seeking the things that should be added instead of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But as we get this backbone, and as we start, as we start rising up and becoming this mighty army. A couple weeks ago, I talked about Ezekiel 37 and talks about the dry bones. It's like, can these dry bones live? It's like he does this miracle where he puts all of these bones, there are all these bones, imagine, imagine skeleton bones, human skeleton, oh, that gory, but scattered all over a, a desert, a valley. They're all, and then all of a sudden they all come together and they're a human and then the muscles and the skin and all. Can you imagine that? I can't wait to watch the first movie I'm gonna watch in heaven is that, how that happened. But they did not become an army until the wind came into them. And the wind represents the Holy Spirit. There's a wind of the Holy Spirit that is gonna sweep through, that is gonna blow through the church. And it's gonna bring such a revival to those things that were dead on the inside of us that we're gonna be more excited than we've ever been before because all of this is coming into alignment. You guys get that? But our responsibility, remember the if and the then, my responsibility is to keep a heart of humility. You don't know it all. It's surprising to some of you. It's surprising to me sometimes. No, I'm kidding. We don't know it all. If we stay humble, we stay teachable. You ever around somebody who just knows everything and like you can't get two words in edgewise and all they do is just go on and on about stuff that they know and then you walk away and you're going, okay, that was fun. The Holy Spirit wants a relationship with you. He doesn't want you to just talk. He wants to speak to you. And he wants to breathe upon you his breath that will revive those dead places. Those, those maybe those places that have just been dormant. Maybe those places that we've kind of put aside, those dreams maybe that we haven't brought out because we just don't think they're ever gonna happen. He wants to breathe onto those things. But the cool thing is, is it's not just for you is so that they will see that the God that you indeed serve is mightier than the God that they serve. The God that lives in you is greater than the world. We need to actually show that, amen? And we are coming into that season, I'm not kidding you, when this thing, it's new, and so we don't know what it's gonna look like, so that makes it even more like, anticipatey It's not a word, but I'll make it a word. Why don't you guys stand up? Do you guys love him? Yes. Do you guys just want to surrender all that you are to him? I hear this saying before, I surrendered once, I don't need to do it again. That's okay. But for me, there's things that I sometimes pick back up. Like the situation that the Lord revealed to me that I was, I didn't surrender to him. <laughs> I thought I can just kind of do it on my own, you know. Anybody ever think that? I, I got this, God, you know, we're good. It's all good, it's good, it's good. And here it just had a residue on my heart that caused a callous. that just caused me to be not quite where I wanted to be. Thank you, Jesus. When he put his hand on my heart this morning, That thing melted just like it was nothing. And I could just feel just his love and his, man. Put your hand on your heart. Lord, we surrender all of us. Just tell him, just do your own prayer. I don't want to pray for you. Do it yourself. (laughs) Say, Lord, I just surrender all to you. I just give, I give all of you. I give you all of my issues, I give you all of my hurt. I give you all, God, of my disappointments. I give you, God, my fear and my doubt. I give you, Lord, my dreams and I give you my I give you my will. I give you all that I want to be, God. I give you, I give you my heart's desires. I want your desires. I want what you want. I want to feel what you feel. I want to hurt what hurt what hurts you God. I want, I want to to see God what you see I want to see people through your eyes I want to I want to obey everything you tell me to do I don't want to just have to have you just tell me 10 times God I just I want to come into alignment God I want a backbone to be able to be to the world what you need me to be so that they can come into agreement with with who you are and and get and change their lives and become transformed God we don't I don't want to just have just some of you. I want all of you. God, I just lay all that I am down. I surrender all to you this morning. God, because you're worthy. You're so worthy. And God, I ask that you would come this morning and watching online, those watching online, the Holy Spirit, that you would come and breathe your breath into all of them that you would just sweep over them with your love, sweep over them with your mercy and with your truth. God, I pray that the spirit of truth would just sweep over the church and all watching online. God, that we would see completely clear on what it is that you're doing and what it is that you wanna do. And we come into agreement and alignment with you. Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. I'm going to have the ministry team come up front. And if you want prayer, if you want anything, I want to encourage you guys to come up front and they'll pray with you. But otherwise, God bless you. God keep you. May he shine his face on you. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, God loves you. Say this, say, God is pursuing you. Amen. All right. Have a good Sunday. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. Be sure to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any new messages. To learn more or to get connected with us, please visit us at worldharvestusa.com. God bless you all and we'll see you next time.